0: Hey, everyone, we just launched a new show called Request for Startups. In the first season, we've got a rotating lineup of tech founders and investors joining me to share their requests for startups they want to exist in the world and also share their stories of navigating the idea maze in different sectors so founders don't have to reinvent the wheel anymore. The first episode is out now. We cover better dating apps, references as a service, and we work for productivity. Listen first, then build. Video episodes of the show are on our substack. You'll find a link in the description. Request for Startups is a show with tech insiders about products and companies that should exist but haven't yet. Listen first, then build. Justin, Sean, welcome to Request for Startups. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so to be here. So guys, there's a lot we wanna to get to, but, but first uh, a little bit of background. Um, Justin, you've incubated a number of companies. It's almost unfair how, how many companies you've incubated. It feels like <laughs> we're in high school and you have other people doing your homework for you in like four different classes. <laughs> what is your, talk about how you think about your incubation processes in terms of like, what were the you know, uh, idea generation and how you find people to, to run them. Sh- share your secrets with us.
1: Yeah. So I think that a couple of things I have pretty much only incubated pro- companies in a space that I either, either understand very well, which is I think like health wellness, food supplement space, uh, or incubated companies in areas where I've directly experienced the problem. So like lending to consumer brands, um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and so I, I think really like where it comes from is just me having a, a desire to like solve my own problems or see things exist in the world that I think, Should exist. And in some cases, it turns out that other people seem to want those things as well. Uh, you know, and so that's, that's really been it. Uh, and then I think I've also been very fortunate to have a lot of smart people kind of around me in my extended network. And when a smart person gets the opportunity to like, like if I can de-risk a business, uh, test it, validate it, have a good idea, be willing to fund it, be willing to like find someone and say like, Hey, if you, go from making 150K over here to making like 100K over here with 50 times more equity. I think it's like kind of a compelling offer oftentimes. Uh, and yeah. so I've, I've just recruited people solely through my network.
0: Totally. And if, and knowing you, if you focus just on your problems, I mean, you have so many problems. So it um, so like it's... So many. I'll notice I've done nothing penile related though. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, HIMSS was taken. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Sean, um, why don't you talk about how you've th- thought about the idea generation process? Um, as it, you know, uh, when at the times when you were on deck, so, you know, in between things.
2: Yeah, the framework that I have always follow- followed is to first start with, like Justin said, the things that you know, the things that you feel, the problems that you have. But the the real litmus test for me is about being able to get somebody else super insanely excited about the the project. You know, a lot of people talk about is the market big enough? Is is the customers there? All of that's important, but if you can't even get you know one person to just get like really lit up, um, I mean, me and Justin do this with each other, just sort of send each other walls of of messages of you know getting really excited about ideas, and and you know, that's kind of that that first stage is like, does somebody else like eyes light up and and brain get super turned on by this idea? Because if you can't do that, then you're not going to be able to attract uh, employees, you're not going to be able to attract investment. And be able to sort of sustain that energy. I think the, the the it's a very rare person who can sort of go at it alone. So yeah, that sort of for me always starts with the, those conversations. And once you sort of have that deep sort of community around you, sort of three, four or five people that are like really stoked on an idea, then you have the energy and the momentum to take to the next level of doing the real customer validation, throwing up websites, you know, actually testing the idea
0: in the flesh. That's a great segue, Sean. Let's jump into our request for startups. We have a number of ideas we want to get through. And Justin, let's first focus on you and solving personal problems, uh, the, the dating app. Um, maybe uh, <laughs> uh, why, don't you, why don't you speak to, 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 to that idea? Yeah. So
1: I have for a long time thought that building a dating app based on how someone spent like their spending patterns would be an amazing way to filter people uh, from a dating standpoint. Like there, there's this whole idea of like, it, it's, it's a implicit versus re- revealed preference i believe and it's this kind of thing of like you know you say like oh yeah when after work i go home and i like work out uh when in reality you just like binge watch some horrible trash tv uh i think that like <laughs> what with the dating app thing is like the, the classic one is like guys are six six you know or whatever and then you show up and they're like 5 5 10 whatever <laughs> um i think that if you were able to be like a hey, login. We use Plaid, we suck all of your credit card transactions out of your, um, you know, using Plaid out of out of whatever account to use. And we can actually see, like, how do you express your values? What are you spending money on? And that is probably a better indicator of the type of person that you are and the things that you care about than literally anything that you could punch into, like, a dating app interface. Uh, and this I was loved for, like...
2: This is a fast track to FinDom as a service. <laughs> that's that's where we're going with this. <laughs>
0: It's Great! I'm, I'm here for it. it. Some people aren't aware aware. <laughs> Say that one more time, Eric. Some people aren't aware of Findom, So on you, on you. I know you're really. Not uh, everyone knows it as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eric, Eric. Eric is the real is, is the real guy here. But I'll, I'll stand in for
2: him. You know, it's when it's 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 a it's a very internet only seeming thing where where the whole it's a fetish where the whole relationship is is basically somebody dominating your your finances, taking your money, and that somehow is erotic for for a limited subset of the population.
0: <laughs> I can't imagine. I and can't for imagine everyone my, who
1: lives in San Francisco.
0: Okay, so Justin, um, what, so the idea is, I would put my credit card data, and then wh- like what, like what, 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 how does it work? Like
1: I, I think that for example, uh, I would be I, I would be vastly more likely to get along with someone who had like really high whole foods expenses, and then like was spending at a yoga studio or like something like that that indicates health. You know, like, you would probably get along with a bunch of women who have a high spend on OnlyFans or something like that. (laughs) Uh, Sean, I have no idea. (laughs) Like, maybe if someone had a GitHub Pro account or something like that, you'd be, like, (laughs) Like really likely to get along with them. Uh, I I think it would be an amazing way to match people. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I just think it would be a way better way to match people than, like, when I was single in Austin briefly. Like, you just swipe through woman after woman who thinks that, like, Liking tacos as a personality trait,
0: and it's just okay. it's just horrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've long thought you you could build a social network just based on receipts because it, it you know it shows what um, musicians you like, what events you go to, what books you buy. I mean, there's just so much there uh, more broadly around uh, around connecting people. So dating is an interesting um, one.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about what would that user interface look like? Like, can I scroll through the whole list? Like, how much are you spending? Where? Like, I'm, I'm real curious. This is, I mean, if, any, if anything, it's, like a good, it's a good vector for manufacturing serendipity. You know, it's like, oh, I see that you're at like, you know, Cholita, Linda in Oakland, like, you know, every other day, I'm just going to show up. Exactly. Uh, that, that might be a safety concern as well. But at the same time, you know.
0: <laughs> this is what, what Venmo could have been, right? Or like the social feed on Venmo could have been something.
2: You you guys have never picked up a date off of the Venmo social feed? I thought...
1: (laughs) I had long thought that you could probably just like Venmo random people like a dollar and have hyper-targeted ads for shit uh, just by being like, hey, check out exec.com or something and you like Venmo Reed Hoffman $4. He definitely gets that notification. You know what I mean?
2: I mean, for a while there, I was literally sending people really sort of esoteric poems uh, and one penny on, on Venmo and just giving them a penny for my thoughts. <laughs> That's amazing. That's uh, just strangers, n- nobody prominent, just random, random people.
0: Turns out you're a lot of people. What I like about that that idea also is women want to date men who have money. Um, and men (laughs) want to show that they have money in a subtle way without being like obnoxious about it. And so maybe this could be a way to do that. I'd love for you to double click on that,
1: (laughs) take it one layer
0: deeper. (laughs) I have a few dating ideas. One is Yenta. Basically like we all have, I don't, I don't know if this is a startup, but this is just a cool product. We all have single friends who are men or women who are awesome, who it's like a matching, it's basically a palette for dating. Like if you had a you know profile of the, the single women, you know, and maybe they're anonymous or something or or they're in public if they want to and men and then I could be like, oh, I'm friends with Justin. Like I want to see who he thinks is great and if you just swipe right, you make the intro. Uh, but it feels like we all have beautiful pe- friends who we know that we have other beautiful friends and it's just too much work for us to like go through our entire networks to feel like to see who's single and to keep track of whose relationships in the shader and stuff and so um, I feel like that is a product should it, just like how do you productize yentas hmm.
2: I feel like there are so many things that Facebook previously did before it just imploded in a in a weird sort of social network for for, for gen Zs or Gen Xers and boomers but it feels like this was like the college era uh you know, Facebook experience. We've got to, just got to bring that back, you know, whatever party full is doing for, for the event section of Facebook, we need the, uh, the singles version. Totally interesting.
1: I, I wonder, I feel like the problem though, is that um, I don't want to be, if I don't know you, let's say I, like I have some cool person sort of on the periphery of my network who is attractive and cool, but I don't like know him or her that well. I like kind of don't want to intro that person to anyone in case I think they're awful. Even though the odds, just because it'll blow back on me, uh, even though the odds are that that person is a way better match than like the average person that you would meet on a Hinge or a Bumble or something like that. Um, So I I wonder how you could solve the personal responsibility aspect of that, uh, if that makes sense. Like you almost want the network, but don't want to like be responsible for being a, a node that where a connection like doesn't work out super well.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's interesting. Yeah. Then you, you don't want a, asymmetric downside of uh, um, you want the credit <laughs> if it works out, but not the blame if it doesn't. Um, it needs to yeah. Aside. I don't even care that much about the credit though. Like if, if two of my friends get together, it's like,
1: I don't know. I have Craig, some guy well, friends whatever, that are like, Craig. yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like I don't care about <laughs> the credit either. Like, okay, I'm,
0: Gary is, I will not see you as much. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, selfishly <that's> annoying. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't care about the credit either. Like I introduced you guys, you guys are good friends, but like, who cares? Like, I don't care.
2: <laughs> Yeah, who's keeping track? <laughs> no one's keeping track.
0: <laughs> the other dating idea relates to yours. Um, so basically, okay, Sean just mentioned this in my first million. I'm going to build off it. It's, uh, it's basically Raya, but even more elite where the guys pay $25,000. He even said $100,000 to be on the app. My um, And so the idea is that you would... You know, gate it so that only fairly affluent people could join, men could join. Um, men would signal that they're serious about relationships because you're not going to pay that much money just to screw around. Although you might. Yeah. <laughs> Bottle <laughs> service um, in Vegas exists. Man. <laughs> that's true. Um, but it, it filters out for some level of seriousness, um, for some level of wealth. And it, uh, you know, women like guys that pay for them. So it's just a more curated, um, elite experience. And here's my, my angle, or my build on it is the, The twenty five thousand or ten thousand that the guy invests or that the guy spends, it's an angel investment in the company. So every user angel invests in the company (laughs) at whatever valuation the founders set at that moment. This is all secondary, no primary. It's an (laughs) an uncapped note. (laughs) <laughs> exactly and it's uh, meant so now the men are like high status they're angel investing it's not like they're you know losers yeah, yeah. Any debates, they're, <laughs> they're angel investing you Now here's the real idea you make it a DAO. oh no so <laughs> everyone's got ownership in the thing and it when you know they're incentivized to share it around um anyways i was thinking the app could be called gold digger with no vowels <laughs>
2: Oh. let's get um let's let's get dan belzerian to found it i mean he's the real guy to he's like the perfect spokesman for this for this app
0: i was thinking it would be called a thousand great men because all, all you need is a thousand you know people, men paying 20 you know, then you're at 250 million it's like, a, it's, million. It, it's
2: like a, a couple fish is what we're gonna call it
0: <laughs> and it's it's meta commentary too is only you know so i i'm guessing that you guys don't think this is a good idea <laughs> I mean, you have, no. a, you have a significant <laughs> adverse selection issue here. <laughs> adverse selection in what way? Good good men won't pay?
2: Uh, yes. Well, I think plenty of like sort well, of good men. Well, Rise is successful, that, right? Yeah, I think plenty of guys that sort of got – that had a monomaniacal focus on career earlier in their lives and now are like, okay, I want to get this done fast. Like let's just pay whatever amount of money it takes. I think that they'll do it. But I'm not sure that the, the supply on the other side is going to be – the 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 type of person that you know a lot of a lot of sort of very successful guys want. Maybe maybe it's exactly what they want. Maybe it's like 24 year old Instagram models, but uh
1: I agreed. I so can I tell you what I actually was in the process of doing before uh getting back with my now wife. Um Wait. so we I, I basically we'd broken up. I think I've told you this Sean <laughs> I just remembered but, this one <laughs> but basically I had hired a VA in the Philippines to create like a a skin front end that was like austin's most eligible entrepreneur executive pool and i was just gonna have her message a bunch of women that like looked like they were professional smart whatever on linkedin and be like hey we noticed that you're awesome do you want to join this like super selective pool of like uh women and stuff that we're pulling together here and all of those would funnel back just to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so for like eight dollars an hour I was just build this, this like double opt-in sort of network. And then I you know, got back together with a better person. But you know, it was I was pretty stoked
0: about it for a while. So so the hook for them was like female founder camaraderie, but actually it No, was not female like founder. Just like,
1: it. hey, do you wanna do you wanna like date men in Austin that are like founders, executives, like People doing cool things that are, you know, above X, y, and Z criteria, uh, and, you know, in broth, um, and so yeah, that was <laughs> cool. cool. <laughs> but, it's say, just,
0: yeah?
1: but it's just, I jumped out of that page. Uh, what'd you say?
2: I was saying, but it's just just you. I mean, it's it's the most genius coup. It's like you, the marketing is like concierge <laughs> one-on-one matching, and the only concierge <laughs> one-on-one match that always happens is to this eligible man,
0: Justin Mares. It's incredible. Exactly. Once <laughs> well, you and that. I was so close. I'll have to get your landing page afterwards for this uh, <laughs> this company. Yeah,
1: someone should do this. I I think like a dating uh, dating as a service or like dating recruiting as a service would be quite like you can hire executive recruiters to hire you an executive you can hire no one to like get you a matchmaker from like an outbound hunting standpoint uh which feels maybe like a a weird thing like maybe that should exist
0: well i've thought about it this way like you can get a personal trainer and you will get fit like if you just listen to everything they say and they will watch you and make sure you do it you will get fit if you want a girlfriend (laughs) what is the button that you can press the person that you could call who will watch you, give you a plan and watch you like a few times a week and make sure that you get a girlfriend or if you want to get in a better relationship or you want to end your relationship, whatever, like, whatever. End time. the relationship's easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to break up.
2: No, these people, these people exist. I mean, so for, for exec, you know, we have coaches and so we've, we've interviewed tons and tons of coaches. And, um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's relevant. I swear it's relevant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but our, you know, our coaches are like leadership coaches and job search coaches, but, uh, on more than one occasion, we've interviewed people who are like, oh, how did you get your start in, in this, in this career? And they're like, well, like I got tapped at a bar, you know, I was talking to this girl and this guy walked up to me and was like, wow, like you're really good at talking to girls. Like you ever considered doing that for a living? And there's guys that like, just like sort of, they're like wingmen as a service. They, they literally like they're guys that have read the game, that they've mastered all the techniques and they will just come with you and like help you pick up girls. Um, I don't know the names of the services or anything, but I'm sure that, that, that you would, probably can find it after this after this uh, this 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 recording.
1: I would love to see that. They like ramp up the charisma and then like ramp down super hard so that you're the one that like ends up meeting these women at bars. <laughs> this must be so awkward.
2: I mean, it was crazy because in the interview process for some of these guys, it was like every, and this is, this is, this is totally inappropriate, but like every girl that interviewed him was like, you know, like we got to hire this guy, strong hire, strong hire, strong hire. And every guy was like, I'm not so sure. <laughs> it's like, it's working.
1: That's amazing. Can I, can I tell you another idea that I had around dating? Um, so, so the idea of like the personal trainer that you, uh, that you pay to like, and it's their job to make you more fit. Uh, I thought that it would be, this is back when like grouper was a thing, but I thought it would be super fun to do a dating event where you did speed dating and had like 30, 60 people, whatever, match everyone up. But the thing was you did a speed date and then everyone wrote feedback about like what you should improve for when you go on real dates. And so you'd walk out of there having done like a speed date round and then have feedback from every woman, probably anonymously, uh, that you went on a date with of like, this story sucked, you were slightly racist, you were like wearing a MAGA hat, like whatever it is, uh, you know, and have that to take with you so that you can like moderate your dating approach. I think it'd be kind of fun. Dude,
2: we could do this with ChatGPT's API. So I think we take guys <laughs> that are good at dating and just consume their entire text message history and just do a little bit of oh, like fine wow. tuning on their text That's message history. That's a great idea. And then when Not where I like, thought you were going with that. If it, no, if, wow. you're like a lame, if you're lame at text messaging, you're like, this girl just said this, what should I say? And it's like, you know, you just spit out a RLHF <laughs>
0: network answer from, from somebody who's good that, at texting. That's the South Park episode. I don't know if you saw that. but then No, they, I haven't seen that. South Park. Is it? That's so yeah. He's like, uh, what should I say to my girlfriend? in ChatGPT, chat GPT. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you
2: can't actually, you, you can't ask natural chat GPT because it's right. going to come up with like, hello, uh compatible partner always be nice yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's um, an incredible idea actually yeah totally doable yeah there's a company that does it called relationship hero but they don't they don't do it to the extent that they do it manually i think um but yeah there's a opportunity
2: oh that's right but they do it all text message based so they have a sick training set so long as their their relationship heroes are actually you know good at their job let's I don't know what the what the word the how good were they when you worked with them there
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey i mean the proof is in the pudding so <laughs> <laughs> the personal trainer um for life idea more broadly i'm excited about basically i just you, you put it in another conversation of like how do i make my goals someone else's job and like not just to help you define it but just to help you do it like not, the obvious things are you're tracking what you're eating making sure you're exercising uh you know make sure you're sleeping and just like s- scheduling it in but then all your other goals uh, as well like even w- when you're like watching your text messages if you're like being short with someone being like stop doing that you know it's just like the amount of if we have someone watching us at all times and with ai we can um like how can we avoid making dumb mistakes and just be like way smarter better with with people Etc. If we just had more like accountability, help, advice, like at the right time. Yeah, it's like it's funny like as people used to think.
1: Yeah, yeah, people used to call that that person God, and now that you're, like people <laughs> are religious, it's like, well, maybe the AI can tell me how to be a better person. <laughs> I hope
2: so. <laughs> yeah, in a, in AI, we trust. Um, there's this there's this like concept of learning and the flow of work. And learning in the flow of work is how you do your best learning. It's like you have a real problem right now. And then there's sort of direct in the moment interventions where you're, you're learning the skills that you need. And that those actually stick much better than yeah. sort of academic mm. textbook based learning. And I'm really excited just for that to sort of permeate everything. Right. Like at one level it can, it can be degenerative, right? If you use copilot too much, you start to lose your, your skills because you're relying on it. Yeah. But if you're getting sort of interventive, um, feedback as opposed to it doing it for you i think that we all will grow a lot faster it's like the your 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 slope will will increase it has
0: to yeah totally and the other idea related to this related to what you're talking about justin is like 360s as a service like you you mentioned the grouper but like what if you know instead of asking strangers you ask like all my friends you know and all people i work with and like and past girlfriends would it just like go deep and have people <laughs> say past- like Eric, you smell like you're not good (laughs) in in bed, like you, um, you know, you're whatever inappropriate. Like basically like we don't really understand what our reputations are within our ecosystem. Like if you can get granular, like that's so valuable. Um, I, I have a friend who did this. He paid someone like 10 grand, I think to do a full
1: 360 of like everyone he worked with, his family, his friends, his girlfriend, all this sort of stuff. And like, Built this this image of what he was like, um, and he said it was incredibly useful feedback. Like maybe a little hard to hear at parts, uh, but incredibly useful. Uh, I I asked I did this like six years ago informally and asked a bunch of friends, um, and it was really useful.
0: Yeah, it, that relates to my reference checks as a service idea. Like I could imagine offering that as a product taking that data and then selling it to other people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Here's your best attack vector to to decimate this guy. And just, you know, abuse his, his shortcomings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but seriously, the, the idea of well, I think it would be hard with 360s, unless it's like positive that they want to contribute it to, to, to it, um, to the, would their reference score more broadly or reputation score. But if you have this like vague idea that you've, you offer reference checks as a service, you do references on a bunch of people, you now can resell that data to other people, have just like the best data set on people. And anytime someone wants to invest in them, hire them, work with them in some capacity, you could sell that, that data and keep building up upon that data. Um, Sean, you, you didn't like that idea, I think, cause you didn't feel <laughs> confident that it was like a great business say more about that. you know
2: I, I do think that it could be a, a, a pretty good business. I think the the motivating use case here that would get people to open up their wallets and repeat would be selling it to HR and the, I think the so you want to sell to HR, I think the trick is you have to have the right sort of protocol around the whole thing right like there's laws around background checks and how those work and those result in sort of a healthy society. I think the other part about it is you, you just have to get somebody to pay quite a lot of money. Because to do those references, you basically have the following problem. The references themselves are somewhat costly to get because if you want to do off the record or sort of off paper um, references, you have to go figure out who possibly are we going to actually get to do this reference, which itself is a challenging task. It's not like, oh, you know, follow this this algorithm or this, this checklist, you actually have to do the work that's challenging and costly and then you have to do the interviews. And then the liquidity of demand for that data is pretty low, right? At any given time, you know, maybe two people during a job search are going to do a reference check on you if, if maybe just one, it's just not that many people. And then that data becomes stale uh, after a time. And, you know, there's other sort of higher liquidity people. Like I think you are a high liquidity person. Maybe you, like you're talking to a lot of founders. A lot of founders want to reference check you. Um, with that said, then you're kind of like a service review marketplace. And also you're, you're kind of the super... Customer there. And so there's also some weird incentive problems. I feel like there, like as long as you get all of your money back all in one fell swoop, you can totally do it. Right. Like HR uh, teams pay their own employees to do reference checks all the time. If you're just a slightly more efficient, outsourced thing, and you're also just reliable, like you always do them and you always ask good questions and you summarize it. I feel like there's a, a pretty good opportunity there if there's not already, you know, somebody sort of occupying that space.
0: Yeah. And maybe it should be attached to something like a recruiting firm or something. like, I just, I'm blown away by how much referencing goes on that is just not captured. Like, um, you know, obviously by people who are hiring or investing, but even by like a journalist, like I, I saw there was this piece on Mark Suster today and journalists said that he spoke with like 40 people. Like that's a thorough reference check. Like that information is really valuable and yet it's just going to stick in that journal. Like. And so if there are ways to almost reuse, if people could contribute that data somehow. Anyways. I think it's cool. I mean, I think, I think, it, I think it'd be a cool
2: idea. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of risk. Um, so you sort of got to be a little selective at the top of the funnel of who's getting access to this. It's, you know, it's like uh, alpha sites or whatever, where they do the analyst calls with yeah. experts and then make those available. But the, the the difference there is that, you know, they're sharing information about a company. It's not personal. It's not like, Uh, potential for creep, creep, creep factor. Totally.
1: Wait, Eric, what was your dating app
0: idea? I (laughs) had two. It was the, uh, uh, the one that was expensive, like $10,000 or $25,000, like Raya plus. I thought you heard that
1: on Sean's podcast.
0: (laughs) Well, my version of it was make the guys angel investor. (laughs) Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Got it. Or, Or make a DAO. But the idea that you have ownership over the over the app and thus you're more likely to give, Got you it. know, bring in good people. <laughs> and you know, angel investments make you rich, like no matter what. You just <laughs> of course. That's why everybody does $1,000 at a time, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <definitely>. <laughs> I invested $1,000 into Justin's company and that's not a signal about how I feel about his company. It's a signal about how I feel about our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
1: kidding. Yeah. Eric put 50% of
0: his net worth into my <laughs> company. I was honored. <laughs> I was lucky, lucky to have the opportunity. Proud, proud investor. Um, Sean, may, maybe Google Maps for market ontologies, or or pick whichever one you're the most excited about. I think the Google Maps for market ontologies is,
2: is 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 neat and interesting. I don't know exactly how to pursue it, but the idea here is basically, you know, Google Maps revolutionized our ability to live within the physical world, right? The fact that I was on I was on the beach uh, not that long ago. I was in um, I was on Manhattan Beach, and I needed to use the bathroom. And I, I remember being a kid and having the same situation and being like, okay, like where am I? Where am I going to go? Obviously, there's an ocean, but I was wearing clothes like a like a like a normal person dressed in non beach outfit. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to look on on the on my phone. And I realized, okay, way over there, there's 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 a there's a bathroom. And you know, there, there's a million of these moments that we've all experienced. We all just sort of pursue, you know, what, we we sort of explore the world in a, in a really seamless way because we have access to everything. I was thinking about it with markets, and it's there's nothing quite like that, but it does seem amenable to being mapped. People create these market maps, and I think they're kind of useless. They're like, you know, five hundred logos all sort of smushed together in in one sort of like bad box, um, sort of weak descriptor box. But I was thinking it's possible to condense market information into uh, a sort of uh, X Y access where X access is maybe some type of Categorical ontology, and then y access is market size or profitability or some sort of financial success metric, and then your your goal really is just to look around the map and see where where are we exploring at the edges, like where is there um, where is there open space, where are the big pockets of of money, and and this is a good way for people to choose their careers. Is like one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was uh, if you're gonna you know set up a career or a company, you want to you don't want to set up shop next to a tiny little trickling stream. Uh, a little babbling brook, you want to set up shop next to a huge, massive roaring river. Um, a lot of P and... metaphors here, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, the the issue is that you, it's not even easy to, to find those you know, uh, roaring rivers. So that was, that was sort of the thought there. How, how do you think of it, from a business perspective, like how would this make money? Yeah, I think you sell it to investors. I think you sell it to entrepreneurs, people that are sort of exploring, or it's also a good way to do competitor discovery. You're like, who else lives in this mm-hmm. sort of part on the map right yeah. like there's there's on deck who else is right around on deck you're like okay like on deck is sort of on its little peak by itself right like there's nobody else quite like it or maybe there's sort of near competitors and as a founder your goal then is to sort of you know elbow out and, and make space around yourself and occupy a niche that nobody else can
0: can quite get access to yeah I um, I've been excited about that for for a long time things basically like so many people would go to on deck and explore healthcare. And like, what would they do? They would, like, I don't know, try to talk to people who've started companies in the space, try to like reach out to customers, try to talk to investors, but they're kind of like, we're not building on top of each other. So many people explore the idea maze and they don't share their learnings in any way that we could we could leverage. Um, and that seems like a big shame. And I, I don't know what is like the point, uh, what's, the, what's the atomic unit? Like, is it everyone shares their deck? Um, is it, we just get everyone to talk about their experience in a public way? Um, but like if you want to go explore healthcare, like good luck. Like, you know, it's it's pretty hard, right? And so how can yeah. we make it so much easier in, in a way that doesn't require like so much new work to be done but by, by those people or in a way that benefit like really incentivize them to contribute? Totally. I mean the way that the the one the way that you do
2: this in a way that works is you you just have to get in the game. That's yeah. kind of the, the way that I've always thought about it. It's like you you choose a market that you are willing to be a long-term player in and you do whatever it takes to just get in the game and then once you're in the game you can start to really understand the deep nuance that otherwise is impossible as an outsider looking in like a couple you know if you're trying to like you know deep dive in healthcare and you've never operated in healthcare there's just no chance that you're gonna be you know the the person that has the sort of uh, striking insight for some of these deep industries like it's it's happened in the past right stripe did it with payments. But they built payments for developers, so they actually yeah. did have that sort of striking insight there. Um, and they built an e-commerce thing before, where they had to build yeah, that's payments. right, one hundred percent. They actually were they were they were outsiders in the payment processing industry, but they were you know deep you know, users of their own product. Exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's smart. I mean, the random, but the best career advice I ever got was speaking to your your flowing river, Sean. Um, is someone basically said, "Go like find the industry." where the dumbest people are making the most money and go operate in that industry. And that was of course, commercial real estate, but it was way too boring. <laughs> <I
0: couldn't> <laughs> <laughs> but good advice for someone to take. More broadly uh, to your idea, Sean, like if we were to go to Wikipedia and for any like subject or topic and compare what's written up there with an expert's understanding of it, my sense is that the expert will know more, will, would produce a better write up, like most of the time. And so why isn't there a Wikipedia just by expert, like p- people who are experts want to be uh, you know, seen as experts in the space. Um, they would want to get that credit that like notability. And so couldn't there be, you know, a Wikipedia that was actually done by experts that like made sense? Feel, feels like a, what do you think?
2: I think Golden is trying to do something similar to that, but you do tend to have the issue where you know you have a tragedy of the commons and a sort of devolution into marketing that that everything suffers from. The fact that Wikipedia sort of caters to you know I I, I, I might this might need to get cut, but uh, you know caters <laughs> to people that are are on the spectrum and right. I the, said you joke
0: earlier, man. You keep oh, <laughs> spectrum. <laughs> You know, you got, not you the got, hard you got S word,
2: Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know. Like
2: Wikipedia, Wikipedia is catering, basically to autists who are writing in like this super cold style, um, which yeah. lends itself to to truth, but doesn't lend itself necessarily. You know, it, it's the type of topics that those types of folks are, are good at conquering and mastering.
0: Yeah, well, and and it's kind of like generalist. Like, could you appeal to experts, get their contributions in a in a better way? I mean, related to that. Is like, like us three on this call have expertise in some areas that if someone would pay us enough money, we might have like an hour call with someone. It's sort of like the GLG, but for everything. <laughs> um, Dude, you know, I, I think the big opportunity here, right, is like, how do you time. know?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. <laughs> you know, I think the big opportunity is <laughs> um,
0: Everyone's got a price. It's, it's,
2: So the AI, the AI knows everything that was said sort of privately or or this knows everything that was said publicly. It it has the sort of average information. It has a little bit of laggy information, but if you want to have, it would be really cool to have a a sort of like uh, automated collection experience in the loop where the AI is like, we, this is, you're asking me for knowledge that doesn't exist yet, but there is somebody that can, that can answer that for you. And for it to go and source the, like do a, you know, an automated call with that person or, you know, text message based conversation with that person, source that information and reincorporate it, that that human in the loop process is pretty incredible for harvesting all of that sort of like leaf level or leaf node expertise from the world's greatest experts. And yeah, nobody has has quite tackled that. I think GLG is in that direction, but um, they might be a little susceptible to, to disruption here because their business is so concierge driven in order to justify their fees that um, I don't know that they'll ever be able to make that full pivot.
0: Yeah. And and I also mean, even for like, like Goggin was on the podcast the other day and he was like, he's like doing some things in his household um, and like gardening, like chores that he had just no idea how to do. And he would just love to talk to and pay like a healthy penny to people who know how to do it. And our service providers and your service workers would love to get paid for it.
2: Yeah. I mean, like everyone has a sort of a price at which they're willing to to have their time, have a call on it. Right, yep. like even if you're like Warren Buffett, like if someone's going to pay you a billion dollars, you probably take
0: probably yeah. take the call. Um, you know, it's like n- cameo, be... but for expertise or something or, or you know guidance.
2: <laughs> yeah, what do you think the turnaround time necessary to make that work would be? Like if you if you wanted to do this, how fast would they need to get back to you? Twenty four hours, maybe. I don't. Know. I don't know. Before I think go, it'd be camera. way more
1: interesting if you had people that were domain experts just film like long tail videos of, and and you could just like, well, I guess YouTube exists, like. Doesn't YouTube just solve most of this shit? Like you if I want to figure hate. out how to true, but, but that's it's like solving the feedback
2: loop. I think yeah. the real trick here is like, how does the feedback loop work? Like when, how do you go? So for example, Google yeah. has this in search, they, they, they recently added this, maybe recently within the past few years, if you search for something that they don't have a good result for, they're like, Hey, we don't have a good result. Like tell, tell us more and we'll send it to our content partners. And so you, you sort of have this, Mm. this feedback mechanism for harvesting, um, latent demand that hasn't quite been actioned on. And yeah, I don't know how this works in YouTube. I think people just kind of like keep their ears open, but there, there could be a more formal mechanism to close that
0: loop. Yeah.
1: seems really um, hard though, (laughs) seems like a wildly hard, like market liquidity problem to me,
0: check out intro.co or you can check it out later, but they're trying to do it for across, um, across categories like, um, home design, you know, wellness, career, fashion, astrology, <laughs> um, so, you know, is- there, there's actually one favorite. one of the,
2: the like secret, uh, big marketplaces there, there's like a PE roll up of, uh, of, of psychics online. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing like, like tens of millions of dollars in revenue of like, you know, your local psychic that will read your palm over zoom. <laughs>
1: I would love to see that pitch deck. It's like people are still dumb.
2: People are getting dumber.
1: The TAM is exploding.
2: <laughs> There's a lot of people out there.
1: Here's an idea I'd actually love your guys' thoughts on. Um, actually, Sean, I've talked with you a little bit about this in the past, but a version of it. Basically, I think that um, it's like calling it like we work for productivity. And what I mean by that is if you think, I think that like we work, is analogous to like a Planet Fitness or some sort of like cheap gym where you pay to access the space and that's it. You get like a desk space, pay to access Planet Fitness, you get access and you can like throw their weights around. But where people make a lot of progress and what you actually want is to get a trainer that will help like make you more fit. And I think that there's an opportunity to build a a like co-working space where you have people that are almost like in charge of product managing your productivity and making sure that you're like your most productive possible self at work. And like, that would mean like, leave your phone at the front desk, uh, have like hyper oxygenated environment and shit like this, library hours, library rules, um, like have people putting up their goals on a board of like, this is what I'm gonna get done in the next like three hours. I basically think that you could make this like pretty fun, hyper productivity oriented uh, co-working space that companies would be so happy to pay for because it's just like, yeah, I want more productive employees. And if it's, you know, 900 a month instead of 300 a month and they get space plus this like productive coaching system, shit like this community, uh, would that be useful? That's my idea. I think It's
2: it's like at the turn of the 20th century, we had Taylorism, scientific management for figuring out how to assembly line workers, like what's the most optimal movement for them to pound the nail into the wood board. And now we're we're gonna go scientific management on what's the most optimal way for the knowledge workers to pound their fingers into the keyboard and and make yes. them have the right <laughs> the right effect. I'm in. Yes. I wonder if it would work though, right? Because you have you have all, all these companies in the sort of early aughts in tech that went all wild on trying to figure out how to make teams more productive. And um, if I if I recall correctly, the only thing that Google found worked was just having a team that was highly productive in the first place. So it was like the, the people that you were surrounded by uh, were the thing. So maybe it's just like really good screening, but it wouldn't actually produce that big of a delta um, for the participants. But I, I the, the reason I think that that would work
1: is one, I would say in my personal experience, like I definitely am a more productive person than I was five years ago. I think that like learning how to work is a real thing. The second thing I think is that if you look at different, there's been like studies around implementing uh, like batching emails is like a very simple one, no meetings past certain times, like chunking deep work. Like there've there been studies that show that this stuff is actually really useful in terms of generating like much better productivity outcomes. And I think that if you're Google, it's actually really hard to change the culture and information flows. And like, it, it's hard to change the culture of a company once you have like an unproductive company, which I think most companies are by default. I think it's much easier if the atomic unit is the person to like have help them do their best work and put them in an environment that supports that. Uh, And I think that like very high performers would pay for that. It's it's sort of like a mid range in my mind between I'm getting a co working space and I'm hiring like a massively uh, like an EA plus an executive coach to like sit next to me every day and help me do really high leverage shit.
2: You know, one thing that this actually like totally strikes another idea in the sort of same space is you could do this with, so, so one of the things that, that I find really fascinating is GPT-4 has already changed the world and it doesn't have Vision released yet. Like they built Vision, GPT-4 can see, and we just don't have access to those APIs or tools yet which is totally mind blowing if you think about it, given the impact that it's already had, but it's totally possible that you could build an agent that sits on your screen and watches you do stuff and gives you that type of real time coaching. Cause it'd be kind of weird to have a person sitting behind you and like breathing down your neck, literally and telling you like, hey, batch your emails differently. But if you had a bot that was doing it, I bet you could train one to do that. Like for example, another thing you can do is teach people keyboard shortcuts incrementally, like watch their mouse and them interacting with a piece of software. Every time they did something that could have been done better, like flash big in the top right corner of their screen, the keyboard shortcut they should have touched. Uh, And yeah, that's another one of those sort of learning in the flow work things for productivity. I bet you totally could do it. 100% agree.
1: I think think it's great. I feel like it's, it feels like such a no brainer. Like if you're a company and you're like, okay, this, this person will touch the keyboard 15% faster. It's like you, you should throw money at that problem like every day, all
2: the time. It it would also be satisfying as a person using it. You're like, wow, like, look at how good
0: I am at using this thing. (laughs) Deeply satisfying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think these are some compelling ideas. We have a longer list. We'll come back for another episode at at some point. Um, But Justin, Sean, this was great. Great first episode. Thanks for coming on. So fun. Thanks for having me. Turpentine is a network of podcasts, newsletters, and more covering tech, business, and culture, all from the perspective of industry insiders and experts. We're the network behind the show you're listening to right now. At Turpentine, we're building the first media outlet for tech people by tech people. We have a slate of hit shows across a range of topics and industries, from AI with Cognitive Revolution to Econ 102 with Noah Smith. Our other shows drive the conversation in tech, with the most interesting thinkers, founders, and investors like Moment of Zen and my show Upstream. We're looking for industry-leading hosts and shows along with sponsors. If you think that might be you or your company, email me at eric at turpentine.co. That's E-R-I-K at turpentine.co.